even though my initial degree isn't something that I used in its original intent. I mean, God doesn't waste anything. There's so many moments in my life that I can see his sovereign hand at work. Hey community, in this episode, I had the chance to sit down and talk with Loop producer Michael Gum. Michael's been a producer for a long time on Loop Community, and he has a ton of tracks. It was great getting to talk to him about his process when creating tracks and what he loves about producing. We also talk about how his church has adjusted this year. Make sure you check out the interview and then check out Michael's community tracks on loopcommunity.com. Community tracks are an awesome, affordable option, and when you purchase them, you're actually supporting the producer and worship leader who created the tracks. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Hey, it's all right. Doing good. Doing good. Good. I'm Derek. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. (laughs) Just wanted to get you in here, Michael, and just talk to you about producing and your time as a Loop Community producer. And so, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yep. Where are you joining us from? Well, I'm uh, sitting up in the sound booth in the sanctuary here at the uh, at our church, Fellowship Bible Church in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Nice, West Virginia. All right. What's the weather like there? It's pretty rainy. It's, it's cold. It was really cold. I think maybe low 30s uh, hmm. this morning. Gotcha. gotcha. Some, some frost on the ground. No snow, but cold enough for it (laughs) yep it's that time well i think you have been a part of loop community longer than i have how long have you been a loop producer yeah so uh, i was looking at i believe it was late 2015 that i that i got involved um and really how i came to to produce loops in general is uh, is a bit of a funny story actually a couple of funny stories i i kind of got started with uh with loops in a more prototypical sense about 10 years ago my wife and i were leading worship for uh for the youth group and uh, it was just the two of us leading and i kind of wanted to spruce things up a little bit so i just i threw together these tracks in reason which i still use uh, for for all of my track production nice. uh and i just I, I dumped it out into an mp3 and put it on my ipod and <laughs> stuck that up in the sound booth and you know there's there was no click i didn't know people were doing this uh, and i don't know how much people were at the time really uh i just pumped it really loud through the the wedge monitor and made sure there was enough percussion that i didn't lose track <laughs> so you know I, I i was kind of doing this already but then I moved to Denver uh, to, to go to seminary, graduated seminary. I got on staff at, at, at a church as a full-time worship leader out there. And, uh, you know, I was, I was getting started, you know, for, for about a year, just kind of learning the ropes. And part of the story with, with I, I wasn't using tracks there yet. Um, but so part of the story was that the, uh, the worship, or the excuse me, the senior pastor there uh, at the church, he had really started getting into Jesus culture. He had attended a uh, Jesus culture conference with the the young adult pastor, and you know, really just just caught the vision for what they were doing with worship, and you know, what was hoping to to get our worship to to sound more like that. And you know, I, I guess it was a little bit more slow going than what than what he was 
wanting. Um, I, I was in a staff meeting. You know, we were we were all just sitting at the sitting around the table and, and waiting for for uh, the senior pastor to get there. And he, you know, he walks through the door into the room. He slams his phone down on the the conference room table, uh, and it, and he's playing "Set a Fire," the version that Jesus Culture did on their uh, live from New York album with the one with Martin Smith, classic album. But he, he just slams it down on the counter on the on the table and, and he says you know i want our keyboards to sound like that and so i i was honestly i was kind of dragging my feet because i i, I knew that the tracks were a thing but i i didn't like playing to a click and I, I don't know i just i i wasn't really sure about it but you know in that moment it was like okay well i i know how Ian McIntosh gets that sound. Uh, I know he uses tracks, so I guess it's I guess it's time to bite the bullet. We got to do this thing. But but it, it was actually really helpful that that was my introduction to tracks because he uses or at the time at least you, he he created all of his tracks in Reason and ran them in Ableton. I already used both of those programs and had them on my computer. So and he had a blog at the time of just instructing people and how he did his track setup and of course it's different now because you know, he's he's got a whole synth university thing that he's doing now so it was kind of prototypical for him too um but you know he shared his reason project files and i was just able to grab those and use it as a rough template for figuring out how in the world to do this track thing but that's that's what got me started nice yeah cool to hear you use reason that used to be like what everyone used and now it's you hear a lot more Pro Tools and Logic and still some oh, Logic for music, sure. So yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. What do yeah. you like about producing tracks? Like, what's what makes it fun for you? Well, you know, I like that it was really a full circle moment for me when I first started doing tracks because. Uh, I, I actually went to school for music production and technology. So, you know, thinking that maybe I would be a recording engineer or something. And then I just and kind of didn't think that was the life for me the more that I got into it. And, uh, you know, God really got a hold of my heart. And uh, I, I caught a vision of just wanting to be a full-time worship leader uh, and for, for my wife and I to lead worship alongside each other full-time. So when I, when I kind of got to, to using tracks as part of, as a part of worship, uh, I was able to use more of that, that skill set that had kind of been latent for a while. And so it kind of brought it all together. And, you know, e even though my, my initial degree isn't something that I used in its original intent, I mean, God doesn't waste anything, you know, it, he, he, he brings it all together and, you know, he, I can, I can really see, I mean, there's so many <laughs> moments in my life that I could see his, his sovereign hand at work, but you know, that, that was one of them. And uh, really another aspect that, that is, is just God's sovereignty all over it is that uh, one of the other things that I like about tracks is it enables me to do a little bit more in the moment than what I can physically do um, just as, you know, a worship guitarist, especially because I have uh, some, some muscular atrophy and weakness in my left hand. Um, in 2008, I was diagnosed with a Chiari malformation, uh, which is a malformation of the brain that um, can also cause uh, a spinal condition called syringomyelia. Uh, it 
is a cyst along the spine that uh, causes com compression on the on, on the spinal cord and can cause weakness in your extremities. Uh, I had a surgery in early 2009 to. Uh, basically it stopped anything from getting worse because my hand was just getting worse and worse. I wasn't able to play the guitar uh, the way that I used to and really still kind of can't. The damage was long-term, but it prevented it from getting any worse. So I had to change the way that I played guitar. I used my thumb a lot more than I used to. I changed uh, some of the chord shapes that I was doing to, to compensate. And I used my capo a lot more. I can really only play in the keys of G and D and then I just capo wherever. Um, so, but you know, there, there's very much a limitation in that. So, being able to to add tracks into the mix, I can feel a lot more musically expressive. Even when my playing guitar in the moment is a lot more of a means to an end, it, it's you know more functional than than it is, I guess, musical sometimes. Wow, that's awesome that you were able to adjust and that producing tracks gives you that outlet. That's really cool. That's great to hear. I'm glad that the surgery helped as well. So yeah, awesome. A lot of people, when they want to start producing tracks, we're like, where do I get started? Like, what do they do? They listen to a song, they're like, I want to make a track for it. Where do you start when you first listen to a song and you're like, all right, I'm going to make a track. What's like your first step? Well, I have a template. That's step one. I don't know that I really have a, a, a big process that I that I do each time. I think it shifts a little. Um, you know, it's, I'm kind of a creative in that way, like you know, typical creative temperament where I, you know, I, I'm not super disciplined with what I do a lot of times. But uh, you know, I at the very least, I do have a template that I go to. There's like seven or eight go-to sounds that I, that I have that I use in most of my tracks. There's a couple of pads that I always use. Uh, the same reason tambourine loop in just about everything that I make. So I just I, I load up my template, grab an MP3 of the of the song, I load it in there, and I line it up with the the tempo grid um, so I can refer back to it. And then I usually turn it down by about eight to ten dB because you know the, the way that people master things these days. But uh, yeah, I just I go through, I listen, I uh, a lot of times I lay down pads first. It's just a good baseline for the song, not baseline, but it's a good you know base level to build up from. And then I just I don't know I just I listen and I I, I listen for specific parts and try to replicate them with different synths that I that I have. I'm primarily doing synths with the track that I make. I don't lay down guitars usually. Uh, you know, like the, the way that I play guitar is not necessarily ideal. So I don't know. I'm not really able to make guitar tracks with the same excellence that I can do some of the synths. So mm -hmm. so it's very synthetic with what I with what I do and the the vision for what I what I make is that I'm making something that's going to add a little bit of extra flavor for for somebody that has a band but just wants to add those extra elements so a lot of times I'll throw in drum tracks and synth bass and stuff just to make sure that that you know if they they need to have something to throw in there if a the drummer's not able to make it I know that's a lot of, a lot of times that's why people love tracks is it gives them that flexibility and so i i like to give people that but uh when i'm using my own tracks uh, as a worship leader uh, i'm not using all of the elements that that i include when i when i upload the loop community yeah 
that makes sense. Regardless of synth or whatever guitar parts, your tracks sound great. I don't know if Thanks. you know this, but you have 95 tracks on the community. <laughs> I believe it. I've been at this for a while. You are five away from 100, and that is rare air. There are not very many producers that have 100. So we'll, we'll have to celebrate when you hit your 100th track. Yeah. What's the hardest part or your least favorite part about producing tracks? Drums. I don't know. I think just top to bottom drums are just difficult for me. I mean, I'm, I'm programming in drums with, with, with the drum samples. So I think, you know, finding the right sounds, I think, can be difficult, especially, you know, I don't have giant sample libraries that I've bought from, you know, I want that sound or, or whoever. Uh, I just kind of get by with whatever I have included in whatever DAW software I'm using or any free sample packs that I find. Um, so finding the right samples is difficult. Mastering it can be difficult. Getting it to, to, to squish down to where it's not preventing my track from being you know appropriately loud enough um, and, and even just programming it can be arduous so so yeah i think drums are probably my my least favorite part of the the production yeah it's interesting to hear what people's least favorite parts are whenever i ask a producer that it's usually like oh this this and they always throw in mastering everybody's yeah. like well and mastering <laughs> like nobody nobody likes it <laughs> uh -huh. uh, it's always a challenge well, man, Michael, what have the last few months been for you? Just as I know you're a worship leader, like how's it just been this year? Um, I just like hearing. Yeah, well, certainly this year there's a lot of <laughs> challenges. Uh, you know, this it's it's not been without its challenges for me. Um, actually, this just this past month, uh, I just came out of a, a two week quarantine. I, I came in, in, into contact with someone who uh, who had the coronavirus, so we just, as a precaution, had to, to quarantine for two weeks. Fortunately, no one in my family seemed to, to, to have it. No one developed any symptoms. So during that time, uh, it, it's funny, you know, we've been We've been live streaming since I think it was March, um, and then we resumed in-person services at, at some point. I think it's June, maybe, uh, when some of the restrictions uh, loosened up a little bit. So we uh, we continued obviously the the live stream for people who still wanted to do that. So we had live stream going this whole time. Had this whole back catalog of recorded services that I was able to uh, just piece together kind of a greatest hits compilation. And they played video of my backup worship leader is my dad. It was a family member that had contracted the, the coronavirus. So, you know, we all had to quarantine. I'm out. My wife's out. My backup worship leader, my dad, is out. So we just played video of old worship services during the worship portion. And uh, then the, the the pastor was able to, to at least preach live here in the, in the room. But, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny. And then when we came back from, from that this past Sunday uh, here in West Virginia, they imposed some strict or mask uh, guidelines. So, so we were uh, singing with masks on, which we had not, yet done and so that was its own challenge yeah. uh you know breathing becomes very much a challenge at that point uh so we um we actually got these uh, silicone spacers that you can put inside the the face mask that that gets it away from your face a little bit so you know when you're when you're breathing in it doesn't suck in your mask oh, um and, and it really helps uh, so if yeah. anybody is a worship leader that's that's encountering that situation uh, that that definitely helps um so so we're going to be 
singing with masks on for the foreseeable future. Uh, hopefully it won't be for too much longer, but gosh, it's 2020. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Man, it's been a challenging year, but I love just hearing stories of like, we adjusted, we made it, we're getting through it. We're doing the best we can. We're showing videos, we're live streaming. It's crazy how many churches were not live streaming like the first week of March and now almost every church I know is. So that's really cool to hear. I'm glad you guys have found a solution for that. Well, last question for you. Do you have a favorite track that you've produced so far for Luke Community? Uh, I guess I have a few. The the tracks that I that I get a little a little creative with, I think, are some some of my sentimental favorites. Uh, they're not always the ones that sell the best, but uh, there was a there was a track that I did recently for Waymaker that I I tried to sort of replicate the sound of the song "Beth Rest" by Bon Iver. Uh, just with with the way that it started out with the piano sound, it re- it kind of reminded me of of that song in general. So I, so I really <laughs> leaned into that when I when I made the track, just as a way of kind of mixing it up. And I I was like, I don't know if anybody's really going to be into it, but I liked it. So so I I did that. And there there was another one that I that I made for <clears throat> the song "You Came Lazarus" by by Bethel Music that. I went for like an '80s new wave style, and you know, I, I recorded some guitar tracks, which I usually don't, and I, I layered in some some chorus on there. Uh, I just really dove into the to the '80s style, and, and, and I think that one still to this day has not sold one track, but uh, oh, yeah. it, was, it was fun. That I sounds awesome. It. Um, and then the the others uh, ha- have been uh, I've made three songs now uh, of songs by For King and Country, and the the production on their on their music is just to the next level. And I, I, it's been it was a challenge to 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 yeah. duplicate some of that, but I was, you know when it all comes together, I I, I thought it was it was really good. So yeah. I, I was happy with how those turned out. That's awesome. Yeah, one of your For King and Country is your most recent Joy to the World great christmas track so yeah. for anybody who watches this or listens to this make sure you go check out joy to the world from michael it's a great track that's actually why i thought of you for this i was like oh i need to interview a producer and i was like scrolling through the community tracks i played joy to the world by your track and i was like oh we're interviewing michael so great job with <laughs> all them. right yeah i love their arrangement of it too it's great yeah it's a good song man well thanks for hanging out yeah sharing your story and how this year's been for you and about producing uh, we appreciate it and we're really glad that you're a producer for loop community glad to be here yeah yeah well great talking to you michael have a good day you too thanks for joining us on the loop community podcast music from this episode is brought to you by john guerra from his album little songs make sure you check it out on apple music or spotify if you enjoy listening to this podcast Leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.